Hi guys, my name is Dr. Simone. Thank you so much for coming back to my podcast. Uh, today, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, the adaptogenic herb ashwagandha. So if you have never heard about ashwagandha, don't know what it is, then I plan on giving you some information. On the other hand, if you have been on YouTube, you've gone to Amazon for shopping, or you've been browsing your local pharmacy and you find that literally every product these days promises to have ashwagandha in it and somehow, you know, promises to give you better sleep, help you with your stress. So is ashwagandha really something that is living up to its hype? So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about it. Before we get into ashwagandha, I want to go ahead and talk a little bit about my disclaimer. Um, as you know, I always make sure that I um, clarify that my podcasts are only meant for educational reasons. Um, it's really baffling to me when I go on YouTube or I go to any of the social media platforms and I see recommendations made for essential oils and herbs and over-the-counter vitamins and detoxes and medicinal mushrooms. Please understand that all of these do not act any differently than medication in the body. So, for example, if you have health issues, pre-existing health issues, and you end up taking medicinal mushrooms or even essential oils for that matter, or, you know, over-the-counter vitamin supplements, you could actually cause yourself more side effects and more, you know, um, health conditions that you probably are not wanting to do that. Um, I think with all of these supplements and herbs and whatever it is that you're chasing after, please make sure that you get a health practitioner to look at your labs, to evaluate your personal health history before you adopt any of these DIY recommendations online. Please don't self-medicate with anything, including diets. Um, I tell my patients that I don't actually believe in diets. I stay far, far, far away from one size fits all diets. Um, just because one person prefers a vegan diet doesn't mean that it's healthy for them, as opposed to maybe someone else would benefit from having some milk. Somebody would benefit from having some carbs. So really, it all depends on someone's health history. It is not, you know, um, let's just go, let's just do a low-carb diet or let's just do a vegan diet just because everybody else is doing it. Um you know, weight loss, if that is the main concern, please understand there's a significant clinical difference between weight loss and fat loss. Um, so if you're wanting to lose weight and that's why you're chasing after supplements or you're chasing after detoxes or, you know, you're wanting to get rid of stress and you think that essential oils is going to help you. I'm not denying that. I, um, I support all of these, you know, holistic treatments as long as um, that these are, you know, prescribed to you specifically based on your health, your labs, your health history, your lifestyle habits. So um, please don't treat them any different than medication. And also keep in mind that these additions that you make to your routine, including your diet, these interact with your drugs, they interact with the organs, they interact with your system. So for example, ingesting essential oil is an absolute no. It can cause systemic toxicity in your blood. And I have no idea where all this is coming from. So, um, okay, so I've gone completely off topic um let me bring it back to my disclaimer so my goal with my podcast my social media blogs 
um, any effort that I make is simply educational. I just want to give you education. Please keep in mind, I try not to cite any anecdotal evidences. I actually prefer talking about data that has been published in peer-reviewed journals. I like to get my information that can be verified scientifically in through clinical studies. Um, so I try to stay as far away as possible from anecdotal. There's nothing wrong with an anecdotal evidence. At the end of the day, if it helps you, it helps you. I try not to include that when I'm talking about something on either my blog or my podcast. So if you decide um, that you like some of the you know, stuff that I share on my blogs or my podcast, please make sure you run that by your health practitioner. Um, and if you still decide that you wanted to go ahead and, you know, um, adopt some of the tips that I provide, then make sure you do them at your own discretion. Okay, so with that disclaimer, um, let's go ahead and begin and let's uh, talk about what is ashwagandha, does it live up to its hype, um, do you actually benefit from it? So ashwagandha is actually a botanical herb, it's an adaptogen that has been prescribed in Ayurvedic medicine for a really, really long time. So let's sidestep a little bit. What is Ayurvedic medicine? So Ayurvedic medicine is probably one of the oldest forms of medicine in this world. And it is also the only form of medicine that actually does in its very core, in its principle, um, it goes after treating the root causes. So unlike conventional medicine in which we tend to mask symptoms for the most part, Ayurvedic medicine is quite the opposite. So, you know, for example, if you have a headache, in conventional medicine, what do you do? Well, if you don't have your physician um, helping you directly, you probably just go get some over-the-counter Advil. But here's the thing to keep in mind. A headache is not an Advil deficiency, meaning you could get that headache for a variety of reasons. You could be dehydrated. You could be having some type of spinal issue, um, some nutritional deficiencies, imbalances, um, toxicities, um, overconsumption of certain nutrients, underconsumption of certain nutrients, you know, and emotional issues, uh, stress, I mean, cognitive issues. Um, so you're dehydrated probably. And so with conventional medicine, you're expecting that Advil to somehow figure out what is causing that headache and then what is the end result. You take that Advil, you feel okay for a couple hours, and then that pain is back. So then you go get some caffeine or you go get some energy drink and then you feel better for another couple hours and then the cycle goes on. Well, with Ayurveda, that's not the case. So what Ayurveda does is they divide your body into different categories. So they will examine your metabolism. They will examine your cognitive health. They examine your lifestyle habits. And then they divide your body into various categories. So for example, one of the categories is kapha then, or you could be a vata, or you could be a pita. And all of these different categories essentially tell us, is your metabolism functional? Um, do you have cognitive issues? Do you have some nutritional imbalances? Do you, what is the root cause of that headache? And so then based on that, a very personalized recommendation is made. And the recommendation is made to prevent chronic diseases, to prevent that root cause from essentially giving you a vicious cycle of symptoms. So that is Ayurveda. 
So let's bring it back to ashwagandha. So ashwagandha traditionally was prescribed in Ayurvedic medicine more as an herb to prevent sexual dysfunction. In fact, um, the name for ashwagandha here in the United States is Indian ginseng. And sometimes ashwagandha is also referred to as the strength of the horse. Um, and again, you see that sexual connotation, that innuendo that it is supposed to help with sexual dysfunctions. So for a really long time, ashwagandha was used as an aphrodisiac. It was essentially used to prevent any issues with, you know, sexual libido, uh, improve fertility for both men and women. Studies have shown, you know, um, consumption of ashwagandha can, you know, help boost levels of testosterone in men and so on and so forth. And I actually do have um, a study that I plan on talking about, you know, a little bit later, but um, essentially that was the primary reason why people prescribed ash or uh, practitioners prescribed ashwagandha, at least back in the day. Um, and then when ashwagandha started to become more popular in the United States, of course, you know, the scientific community wanted to take a look at it and see what might be some other benefits um, or do can we get some other benefits? So um, soon we found out that first and foremost, ashwagandha belongs to the nightshade family of herbs. So again, something to keep in mind, as I've mentioned before in my introduction, you don't want to really self-medicate with these things. Um, keep in mind, ashwagandha does interact with your drugs. It does interact with your hormones. It does interact with your um, you know, organs and systems. It is a medicinal pharmaceutical grade herb. So you do not want to just go on Amazon and get some ashwagandha after I'm done with my podcast and start taking it. So first things first, it is a nightshade family herb, meaning if you have uh, an, uh, a nightshade allergy, then likelihood is that ashwagandha is not for you. Second, it's an adaptogen. So what is an adaptogen? So an adaptogen really is a form of a pharmaceutical grade herb that will help counteract the physical, emotional, hormonal effects of stress in the body. Um, often research has shown that adaptogens can help combat fatigue, enhance mental performance, you know, help reduce depression, um, help reduce anxiety, and so you're just going through the motions, that disruption of the hormones in the body. You're essentially an adaptogen is helping you, you know, thrive and helping you not get fatigued on the other end of things. So what do I mean by that? So essentially, when our body is stressed, we go into something called sympathetic nervous system. And when sympathetic nervous system gets activated, we have something called the gas response, which is a general adaptation syndrome. Um, gas stands for general adaptation syndrome. And a gas response is essentially a three-stage response. So the first um, stage is you are shocked. You know, you have this thing happen in your life and or something in your body that's sending your body into sympathetic nervous system or your brain. And then once you've gotten past that stage, you go into the resistance phase, meaning you're trying your best to wake up in the morning. You want to make sure that your kids are happy. You want to make sure you get to the job and you want to make sure you get things done. And you're somehow pushing and pushing and pushing your body and your brain. And then after that, you get onto that exhaustion phase, which is when you just completely give up. People have nervous breakdowns, people have depression, anxiety, and things like that. Well, with an adaptogen like ashwagandha or an adaptogen in general, this gas response is somehow modulated. So with ashwagandha, for example, it will let you stay in that resistance phase much longer. And instead of coming out on the other end, feeling exhausted and fatigued, it's going to help move your body from sympathetic to parasympathetic, which is, you know, help you relax, help you get better metabolism, help you digest. So that essentially is what an adaptogen does. 
Now, something to keep in mind, and this is something your practitioner is probably going to teach you. And again, this is why I emphasize not to basically do um, any of these herbs on your own unless your individual health history has been examined and your labs have been taken into consideration. So with ashwagandha or any adaptogen, you want to take it for a little bit and then you want to get off of it. And that decision of how long you take it and then how long you know you stay off of it has to be made based on your labs and based on your individual um, you know, evaluation, at least if you're seeing an Ayurvedic practitioner, and they will probably teach you that. Um, so what are some of the overall health benefits of you know um ashwagandha? Um, as I mentioned before, I try to stay away from anecdotal evidences. So um, in my research, I found out that at this point, we have over 200 clinical studies looking at, you know, the variety of health benefits that can come from adding ashwagandha to your daily routine. Um, I'm not going to be able to possibly talk about all the 200 studies. What I've done is I've summarized some of the benefits um, that have been published in peer-reviewed, reputable journals. And... So one of the first things um, very clearly that stands out about ashwagandha is that it can help with people, it can help people who have a lot of thyroid issues. So something to keep in mind, it does modulate your thyroid hormones. So if you are on medication for thyroid, then, um, or Hashimoto's or anything of that nature, you do not want to self-medicate with ashwagandha because it will interact with your medication and your thyroid hormones. However, for the most of us, if you are healthy, it seems like adding ashwagandha can really be beneficial for the health of your thyroids and also, you know, benefit in uh, improving levels of TSH, your thyroid stimulating hormone, thyroxine, and, you know, um, in comparison to placebo. There's another study that actually looked at comparing ashwagandha to pharmaceutical drugs um, for uh, anxiety, stress, and depression. And the study claims that, you know, um, ashwagandha actually performed equal or better in some cases uh, in comparison to these drugs and the placebo. Um, there's also been studies that have, um, you know, looked at the benefits of ashwagandha in prevention and treatment of cancers. And, um, you know, there's a study um, that claims that ashwagandha does have a lot of benefits you know, it has um, an anti-tumor effect in the body. Um, it can create help with apoptosis, which is, you know, sort of like um, natural death of the cancer cells. So it can actually help with that. Um, I, I think um, one of the main uh, functions of ashwagandha that most people don't know is it can help with build, building muscle mass. Um, there was a study published in the Journal of International Society of Sports Nutrition that said that um, when ashwagandha was given to people in comparison to placebo, um, levels of testosterone seemed to be higher in that uh, ashwagandha group, but also they saw overall enhanced growth in their muscle mass in comparison to the placebo group. Um, so I wanted to bring it back to the previous comment that I made about ashwagandha being primarily used in the past as a drug or a pharmaceutical herb um, to help prevent sexual dysfunction. So there's another study that looked at supplementing ashwagandha and um, sperm activity. Um, they also looked at other factors like lubrication, sexual dysfunction, orgasms, and they found that um, there was about 167% elevation in sperm count and about a 50, about more than a 50% elevation in the volume of the semen 
and sperm motility. So this was in comparison to patients who did not receive any ashwagandha. So just to summarize some of the studies that um, have looked at the health benefits of ashwagandha. So, you know, some of the benefits that stood out for me, um, improving and boosting your thyroid function, preventing adrenal fatigue, um, preventing uh, chronic fatigue syndrome. So something to keep in mind, in conventional medicine, we do not actually have a official diagnosis or even for that matter, a pattern of treatment for people who suffer from adrenal fatigue or chronic fatigue. In fact, it's very difficult for conventional medicine to even distinguish between these. Ayurvedic medicine, on the other hand, for years has been um, successfully treating adrenal and chronic fatigue syndrome. So ashwagandha seems to be primarily the go-to in Ayurvedic medicine for adrenal and chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, aside from that, uh, some of the other benefits that I summarized um, after doing my research, um, studies were showing that ashwagandha could help um, with reduction in anxiety, stress, depression, mood swings, increasing stamina, um, preventing and treating a variety of cancers, reducing, um, you know, uh, cognitive health issues, increasing neuroplasticity, preventing long-term issues like dementia and Alzheimer's, um, stabilizing and managing blood sugars and blood pressure, helping with management of cholesterol, um, managing heart disease, um, improving immunity, um, enhancing immunity. Now, one thing I want to mention, as I mentioned immunity, um, especially since this pandemic, I hear a lot of these um, marketing terms like boosting your immunity, you know, take this supplement and it's going to boost your immunity or have this drink and it's going to detox your system and boost your immunity. I want to clarify something here. There's no such thing as boosting your immunity, immunity by taking supplements. Your immunity is either built or not. So you either have the nutrients to make that immune system or you don't. Primarily, our immune system is made in the gut. And so if you have a leaky gut, if you have a processed diet, if you have, you know, a lifestyle that has a lot of stress in it, you don't meditate, you don't have any physical activity in your body, you smoke, you drink, you are going to hurt that immunity. It doesn't matter what you do. You take a lot of medications, you are going to hurt that immunity. You can't really just take supplements and or drink some detox drink and boost your immunity. It doesn't work like that. The body is a very clinical, biochemical you know, um, sort of a combination of that. So if, you know, you could just take a supplement and boost your immune system, we wouldn't be uh, in this pandemic to begin with, you know, so it's not like, it's not that simple. So keep in mind that if you want to build your immunity, you need to add the nutrients. You want to give that foundation in the gut to build that immunity. And ashwagandha seems to be one of those things that apparently has been able to help with that in Ayurvedic medicine. Um, it can improve with uh, hormonal balances, both for men and women. Um, again, going back to sexual libido, it acts as an aphrodisiac. Um, it can help prevent reproductive issues in both men and women. And finally, it has been known to have benefits on your gut. So as I said previously, if you have a leaky gut, if you are constipated, you have all those toxins in your gut, you're probably not going to have um, any amount of health, even if you try to get all those supplements from outside. Um, so cleaning up the gut, repairing the gut is probably one of the key factors in preventing chronic diseases. Um, remember, diseases like blood pressure, thyroid, Hashimoto's, uh, cognitive issues, depression, anxiety, um, infections, diabetes, they all begin in the gut. So unless unless we find, you know, a way to repair the gut, we're not going to be able to keep fighting these chronic issues. 
Okay, so after we've discussed all of these research um, studies on ashwagandha, you're probably wondering, should you be taking any ashwagandha? So forgive me if I sound like a broken record, but I really stay um, away from, I refrain from making any general dose recommendations. I am trained in um, Ayurveda and I tend to use principles of Ayurveda, lifestyle medicine, behavior modification. You know, I use so many different principles when I talk to a patient. You know, looking at the human body in isolation, for example, when people have depression and the practitioner is simply giving them an antidepressant or um, giving them, you know, medications for anxiety, that really doesn't help the patient. All it does is it drives the patient into side effects and more problems. Because when we talk about depression, when we talk about anxiety, we have to look at the person's adrenal glands. We have to think about the gut. We have to think about the brain. You know, anxiety and depression are an issue that come from both gut and brain health issues, you know, adrenal problems, hormonal disruptions. So you really want to give it a more holistic approach. Um, so for me to tell you that if you have stress, go get ashwagandha without someone looking at your thyroid, someone looking at your adrenals, someone looking at your gut is probably, I'm not doing you any justice. Um, and this is why I often remind my patients, it's okay to get your education from social media, but when it comes to self-medicating, that is where things can go wrong. Um, just because it it's okay for one person doesn't mean it's okay for, for everyone. Um, you know, our bodies are a complete unit. It's a chemical, biochemical, clinical unit. And the problem is when you look at a disease in isolation, so when you look at thyroid as a thyroid problem, that's actually the furthest from the truth. Your thyroid problem is beginning in your gut because your immune system is made in your gut primarily. Um, you know, so when you have a dementia, dementia is not just a cognitive issue. It's an issue that happens sometime in your gut because of lacking of certain nutrients, because of processed diets, because you probably had lack of physical activity, because you had stress. I mean, there's countless reasons why a single disease happens. So um, please, when you talk about ashwagandha, make sure that you find someone who can include all of these different principles. You know, I talk about meditation. I talk about diaphragmatic breathing with my patients. I talk about, like I said, modifying their behavior, modifying their lifestyle. So it's not as simple as I'm just going to give you ashwagandha and next thing you know, you got it from Amazon and all of your stress is just gone. I don't think that's the case. Um, so addressing your root causes and then adjusting the dose based on what your body can handle, how much your brain can handle, I think that is um, the route that I would advise that you take. All right, so on that note, um, if you would like to read uh, my article on ashwagandha, I, um, will I, well, I will try to link that article here. Um, I wrote it on my blog, but I will try to attach it here on this podcast. Um, I will also try to convert this podcast and maybe post it on YouTube. So if you have trouble finding it on Anchor, um, maybe you can go to my YouTube channel. Um, find me on my social media. I can be found on Facebook, on Instagram. My Instagram handle is um, D-R-S-A-M-N-D-L-L-C. Um, 
So please go ahead and find me on Instagram and uh, hopefully I will connect with you soon. If you have any recommendations, if you want me to talk about something, reach out to me. I'd be happy to go ahead and make a podcast or a YouTube video on any questions that you might have. Okay, on that note, thank you so much for coming back. Uh, Hopefully I will talk to you guys soon. Have a nice day.